You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church podcast. Ephesians chapter 3. How many of you were here this morning? You blessed by the word? How many you know that God gives us spirit inspired prayers? And we know that all scriptures given by God for instruction, for correction, for reproof, for direction. And Jesus said the Holy Spirit would remind us of what we've been taught. And so he is the one that gives us the words that we need. And so he inspires believers to have written down what they've heard from God. And so we can take that and say, this is God's will for us. And so we've been having a look at the prayers of the Holy Spirit in the morning. And if you weren't able to be here, make sure you go and listen to it. It is on our live stream platform on podcast. And uh, just catch up because we had a look at this prayer in detail, line by line. So I'm not going to do that tonight. I'm going to read it to take us where we're going to use that now to trust God for the outpouring of His glory. Amen. Notice what he says here in verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say, Father, Father. Jesus. Remember, God is three persons. Yeah, we see two already named, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Say this, I'm included in the God family. Isn't that amazing? The Bible says you are the offspring of God. Not just God adopted you in. No, you're the offspring. Offspring means you're born of Him. You're born of God. God is spirit. You are born of His spirit. You know, medical science could take any one of my children and do a DNA test, and they'd take my DNA, and, and you could take it to a total stranger. Yes, to, yes, a whole bunch of people tell me whose child and whose parent, and they'll tell you. Why? Because same DNA. That DNA is through the blood. Well, through the blood of Jesus, you're born of God. In the realm of the spirit, if there was me medical science in the spirit realm, if you could take medical DNA, you swap God, who's love. Now you got some love to test. You're going to get a DNA result. And then he swabs your spirit. If you gave that to a stranger and said, who's who? Yeah, they wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Is this God or is this one God? I don't know. It's the, it's the same DNA. Come on now. Now we're not saying we God. There's only one God. He is the creator. We is creation. But that's the whole point. When you walk in, in the armor of God and you trust in God, when Satan looks at you, he can't tell the difference between you and the Father. That's the only reason he tempts you. He tempts you to see if you'll break down. You see, that's where he tried it on Jesus. He tried to tempt Jesus, and Jesus wouldn't break. You see, he said, let's test you. You say you're the son of God. You've just heard you're the son of God. Notice he came to him and says, if you are the son of God. The test says you're the same. Let's check it out. So he started pressurizing him with temptation. But when Jesus said, I, it is written, you worship one God. And that's the way we're going to do it. The Bible says Satan left him for a more opportune time because he realized he's dealing with God in the flesh. This man only speaks what God says. 
So I have the same problem with him that I have with the father. I can't get to the father and I can't get to this man. So I have to leave him. You you understand what I'm saying? If you start acting like God, Satan, he's going to try and he's going to pressurize you. Do you believe this? And he's going to put you under pressure because he wants you to break. But the key is don't break. Don't let anything out your mouth except what God has said. Act like God. Act like his word. Act like it's true. Act, just speak. Just speak. Just, just hang in there. Hang in there. I know it gets tough. I know it feels difficult. The waves and the wind and it's getting rough out here. But you just stay locked in. And it gets to a point where he crumbles, says, okay, I'm going to have to leave this one and go find another. Oh, come on. Are you ready for Satan to walk away from you? I'm not. I'm ready for him to flee from me. He runs from me as in terror. Say, me too. Now what he says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will It's kind of whistle away. No, resist the devil and he will flee. Flee means he's he's afraid. Hallelujah. You bump me, word is going to come rushing out. Amen. So, you named. From whom? Christ. Jesus Christ. You are named from his name. That he would grant you, say that's me, according to the riches of his glory. Everybody say his glory. glory. See, the devil will try and put it on you. Why should you be healed? What have you got in you that deserves healing? You really think you can afford that? Check your bank account. You sure you can live in that neighborhood? Just remind you which neighborhood you come from. Here's the thing. I'm not looking at what my dad had. I'm not looking what my parents had. I'm not looking at my education. I'm not looking at my skill levels. I'm looking at his glory. He's granting you according to the riches of his glory. It doesn't just say his glory. It says the riches. Everybody say the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that the anointed one and his anointing may dwell in your hearts. How? Through faith, through the hearing of this word, that you are rooted and grounded in love, that you're able to comprehend with all the saints what's the width, the length, the depth, and height to know. Now, this morning we studied that out, to know. Everybody say, to know. Just a reminder, it's the Greek word, the Strong's Concordance number 1097. 1097 is the Greek word gnosko. It talks about to perceive, to understand, intimate knowledge. In other words, this is the Greek, but it's the same understanding of the Hebrew in Genesis where it says Adam knew Eve and she conceived Cain. That's what this word gnosko implies, that kind of intimacy. But now it goes beyond that. It's a, it's a working inward knowledge and we spent time in that this morning because I want us to receive that today that the Holy Spirit is within you not just so that you know his word but that you would know how to work it I don't just want to know what faith is I want to use it like a spanner 
You understand? Jesus worked the faith. You can see when he healed that man who was blind, he said, what do you see? He says, I see men walking like trees. In other words, it, he had begun to see, but it hadn't yet fulfilled. He didn't say, well, let's just keep confessing the word and believe. No, he said, come back here. And he laid hands on him and said, now, oh, now I see. See, Jesus expected the work to be finished. That's a whole nother level. When, you, when you're totally expecting, when God has said something's going to be, you believe it. There's an inward working knowledge. Everyone say, to know. To know the love of this anointed one, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Remember we spoke, what length, depth, height. The full knowledge of God, full wisdom of God, the full power of God. Everything God is, everything God knows, everything God has is inside you. You're not calling anything from heaven. It's already placed in you. You think, how can God contain everything in this human body? Well, that's the point. That's why people, when they say, how did God get, you know, all the animals on the ark? And, you know, no, some things were just eggs. You just needed a seed. Are you with me? Who said you had to have a full-grown elephant? You could have just had the, the seed ready. Two babies. Are you with me? That can grow up. It's just, just, you know, if, you, if someone needs some physical kind of... The point is God doesn't... He, he, he begins with the end in mind. He calls the end, but then he plants it as a seed. He plants it as a seed. He says this, all these trees are seed for food. In other words, I've given you all the food you need, but now I'm putting it into your life as seed. Amen? Remember the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. He adds no sorrow with it, no toil, no painful toil. So let me ask you, how many of you are rich? See, in this house, we understand what I'm saying. I go to some churches, five hands go up. Now, okay, I've got more work to do, yeah. See, because when I say, are oh, you rich? People check their bank account. Or they measure themselves against the guy living across the road. That guy drives a certain car, lives in a certain house. That, that's, we call that rich. I'm not there yet. No, you already are. Everything you need is seed. Everything you want or desire is already in you. See, when you understand that, and you have a working knowledge, you got the full length, width, depth, and height of God, full wisdom of God is already in you, you can begin to draw on it. That's why, listen, verse 20, now. So once you got this, once you understand this, once you have this gnosko, when you know, now. See, very often when you've seen 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where it says, now God is able to make grace abound towards you, that you always... Have all sufficiency in all things and abundance for every good work. You listen to that. It's talking about nothing missing. If you have a need, it's covered. Everything's paid for. You never have to worry about your phone ringing. Must call. 
You never have to wonder. See, when my bank calls me, I wonder, oh, is someone sending money? Someone must be asking for permission for an international transfer. Come on. If a lawyer phoned me, wow, this guy is really, someone needs a lawyer to transfer money to me. There must be property on its way. See, I know what it's like to get a blue window letter. I mean, how many of you got one of those before? You know, in the old days when they had snail mail, you get stuff in the post. If it had a blue window, you knew it was a letter of demand. You, did, you only opened that after payday. <laughs> I've been there. I know what that feels like. But when you know, when you know, God is able. But you notice there's a now. So now swings on a key. Swings on the if. So that's why we spend time preparing before the now. Uh, He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Gives you purpose in your heart. Not grudgingly. Not out of necessity. You don't give because your arm's been twisted. Or you don't give with a question mark. I wonder what they do with this. I don't care what they do with it. It's not about what they do with it. I need my seed in the ground. Once it's in the ground, that's up to God to sort that out. See, I'm not going to try and punish the pastor. I'm speaking as when we were members at the church. I'm going to punish the pastor because I'm not sure if he's using the money. And, I, you know, I only give if I know. Show me the books first. No, I, had, I needed a harvest. In other words, I don't care what happens with it. Now, just to put people at ease, we are accountable. We have a board. We have people that look after the finances. It's all taken care of. I don't see any of it until I receive a salary like all the staff. We all, you getting this? We, we make sure the accountability is in place. That's for my protection. But just so that you're aware of it. But the point that I'm making here is I need the harvest more than I do to try and punish the church. I'm speaking to somebody tonight. I'm trying to get you to a place where you don't give grudgingly. Because you, you, you want the abundantly above. Isn't that right? You want the always all sufficiency in all things and abundance for every good work. So there's a now that it swings on. So you're not doing this grudgingly. Ah, oh, here we go again. No, I want it. Let's do this. Another opportunity. Let's make it happen. Why? Because I want the now. How many ready for the now? So now we've been preparing with this gnosko, this knowing, this inward knowledge of God's working kingdom. So now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I once went to God. I was meditating on this. And I wondered why does he say abundantly above all that we ask or think. And I said, Lord, show that to me. What are we talking about? Ask or think. And he explained it to me. That he says when you ask for something. 
I know what you're thinking. That's for example, how many you wouldn't mind an increase if your boss said on Monday you want an increase? Now you don't have to put your hand up. But God's watching to see who desires this. Because sometimes people are little. How you would like an increase? Okay. Now, if you had to ask for an increase, what would you ask for? And the Lord showed me. We, we knew, Janine and I, we were trusting God. We were, needed to get financial salvation as well. And we were in so much mess, we couldn't even pay attention. And so we needed to get out of that debt. And we were trusting. God was teaching me these principles. And so... We heard that uh, the companies, they, you know, they speak in the office. They say increases are coming up and, you know, they kind of start. People say, how much do you think it's this year? How much do you and you usually judge it, you know, it's around CPI, you know, the, the inflation rate. And it's usually around there, plus maybe a little bit of percentage. And our company had a certain principle, a certain policy. So you're thinking, okay, let's say they say 8%, but I'm a man of faith. So if everyone's saying 8%, 8%, 8%, I can go for exceedingly abundantly above. So maybe if we go for 10%. You see, but now, hang on, that's, that's you know, 8%, 10%, that's not, much, that's not real. You know, let's put my faith out there. Let me go for 15%. Oh, yeah, now that's a man of faith. That's just like almost double what the, what, the, what the company's giving. But let me ask you, how many of you wouldn't mind if you woke up on Monday and your boss said, I'm doubling your salary? You would like that? But that's 100%. I said, that's a 100% increase. But you notice what happens. What was I doing? I went to God and said, Lord, you know, they're offering 8%, but I'm a man of faith. So I'm asking for 15% in the name of Jesus. Mm. I'm going to work my faith here. And God says, they're offering 8 you asking for 15, but I know what you're thinking. You want double, but you're too nervous to put that on the table. Because what if it doesn't happen, then you, come on, you know what I'm talking about. So what we tend to do is say, yes, this is what we would like. This is what we need, but practically even stretching my faith could this really be? And then, then doing all that filtering, we eventually get it to our lips. And by that moment, it's already a fraction of what we really are believing for. And God says, I hear you, but I know what you're thinking. And I want you to know I am able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or even think. But you got to get to a place where you're confident to put it out there. I said, God, I apologize. I repent of ever doing anything. I will never put a limit on you again. Now my prayers are, I believe that my income exceeds. If I, if I come up with a number and I have a number, that's fine. My income exceeds that. God, I'm, just, I'm popping the lid off. I'm popping. Don't let it hold you back. Because if he's able... I want to see it in my life. How many say amen to that? Now notice what he says here. God is able to do exceeding. How? According to the power that works 
in us. What power? This Holy Spirit, His presence. This anointing of the anointed one. Now, look at the next statement. To Him be glory in the church by this anointing of the anointed one, Jesus. To Him be glory. Now, we know Jesus said, whatever you ask me in my name, I will do it that my Father be glorified. Let's renew our minds. We didn't come up with the idea of miracles. Jesus said he wants to do it so that he can bring the Father glory. Jesus wants his Father to receive glory. So he's prepared to do whatever you ask so that the Father may be glorified. Amen. Amen. So when you read this, that's one of the ways to read this. When God does exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or think, who gets the glory for it? Because if I, you know, if I, let's say I believe in God, it's like people come to me, I, I trusted God for a, a home loan and praise God, he gave it to me. Well, hang on now. Banks don't give home loans if you can't afford it. Yeah, but I couldn't afford it and they still gave it to me. That's stupid. Because if you can't afford to pay it back, it's like, I, I want a Ferrari. Hallelujah. I believe I have a Ferrari. Can you afford the services? Can you, do you know what those tires cost? So now you don't only have to pay for the Ferrari. You need faith for tires every now and then. And you, 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 it's the kind of car that they, you know, they don't tow in. <laughs> they send a truck to pick it up. Are you with me? Uh, can you have your faith at that level? Like even, you know, people that, these preachers that want an airplane, you know, you know what it costs to fill that thing with, with, until your faith's at that level. No reason why you can't get there. You can do it. Are you with me? But the point I'm making is you need to grow in faith to get to that place. So we, we trust in God for something here. And uh, so as you believe God for something, but the point I'm making here is that as you trust in God for that exceedingly abundantly above, you have to stretch out your faith for it. Okay? So when you, that's what I was saying, when you trust in God for that home loan, you see? I listen to me. I'm just not taking notes. I had to get back. you taking notes and couldn't even tell me. So if you can't afford the home loan and somehow the bank gave it to you, how are you going to pay for it? Are you with me? So when the bank does it, they do their sums. And so anybody, even an unsafe person, can get a home loan. You don't need faith for that. You don't need favor for that. You getting that? So you trust God for 8% and everybody else gets 8%. Well, there's no glory in that. Even if you went to 10%, okay, a little bit more. But you get to 15%, that's kind of. But when God moves and then your boss calls you in one day and says, listen, I've, I've just, I need to apologize. You are bringing so much value to this guy. You are so way underpaid. I actually need to double your salary. How many believe that is possible? 
in one moment. Now you can walk out there and go, I don't do that. There's no, there's, no, there's no way I can take glory for that. That all that glory goes to the Father. You see what we're saying? To Him be the glory. God wants to do things in your life where you will know this wasn't just you know, normal, everyday, everyone else could have got it. This wasn't even a little stretch of faith. This was, it wasn't even nothing to do with your skill sets or ability. It was something that only God could turn around and he did it. That's where we're moving into. Exceedingly abundantly above. Now notice, that's the one way of reading that and it's accurate. That's the way it's written in the Greek. But you notice it also says when you go and read that, how many you got your page Bible with you? Let me see. Where's the page Bibles? As I said, it's good to have your page Bible. Because now you can write in it, amen. Who started bringing their page Bible because I said so? <laughs> so now, read that. Now to him be glory in the church. Do you notice there's an italics word there? Which word is it? The word be. Now you know if you've studied the word that the words in italics means they're not in the original text. And if they're not in the original text, that means the writer wrote it in. In other words, they translated it. And just to make the sentence work in English, they had to put a few more words in. And just to let you know, we added these, they put it in italics. So you're not changing the Bible if you read the scripture without the italics word. It just helps to understand it. So in this sense, yes, the glory goes to God because he's the only one that can do exceedingly abundantly above. I want us to read this without the word be. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think through the power that works in us. To him. Glory where? In the church. Go back to the verse again. Just the previous one. Verse 20. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all the... Now remember the, the numbers are not in the original text. Sometimes we pause on the numbers. Just imagine 21 is not there. To God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to Him. The power works in us to Him. What power? Glory in the church. Glory in the church. What is glory? See, glory is not just, you know, let's give God glory. It means hallelujah, whatever. No, glory is that manifested presence of God. It is God's attributes put on show. When Moses went to God and said that this enemy, uh, the, the, the camp is coming against me and who am I gonna, how am I going to do this on my own? You want me to lead these people, but even my own brother <laughs> is messing things up here. How am I going to do this? Who's going to work with me? And God says, you have my name. I know your name. 
I know your name, Moses. You, I've called you. I didn't call a committee. I called you. And Moses turns to God and says, if that is the case, then I need you to show me your ways. I don't just want to see your works. I want to know your ways. And God says, I will call my name to you. And he says, show me your glory. What's Moses saying? I don't just want to know about you. I want to see you manifesting. And God says, you cannot look on me and live, but what I will do is hide you in the cleft of this rock and I'll make my glory pass before you. And then I will take my hand and you will see the back parts of me. But as I do that, I will make my name known to you. I am the God of mercy. I am the God of forgiveness. I am the God of power. I am the God of provision. God has built into his name. He's not the God who provides. He is provider. He's not the God who heals. He is healer. He's not the God who loves. He is love. If you get that, if you understand that, and you know that, if you jump in water, you are wet. If you're born again, that glory, that kabod, that heaviness, that provision, that supply is already in you. The glory in the church is the power that works to God. thank you Jesus I'm just warming up come celebrate next week this is just me training getting ready preparation I'm like you're never been in a church like this you haven't seen deliverance you haven't seen people. People say, wow, they get really loud in there. Just excuse us for a moment because we are people who have been, have been rescued from drug addiction and are now free, have experienced alcoholism and don't go there anymore, have had their marriages broken and destroyed but pulled back together, who've been destroyed financially and seen God's provision. Just excuse me if for a moment I give my God some glory. That's the power. You can't hold down power. When power shows up, you're going to feel it. When power shows up, you're going to know it. Can you imagine the children of Israel? Here comes the Egyptians on their chariots coming to kill them, to take them back to slavery. God, there's a sea in front of us. And Moses says, I know your ways. And he lifts up that staff and power opens the sea. And they walk through on dry land. Do you think they stand there and go, hallelujah, that's nice. 
No, that place erupted. When they got on the other side, they broke out the tambourines. They broke out the musical instruments and they praised God and they gave Him glory because there's no ways we would be on this side of the sea if it was not for God. How many of you have come across a sea, an ocean you thought was impossible, but He got you through and He got you to the other side? Break out the tambourines. Break out the tambourines you're gonna give him glory this power is working in you this power is working in you oh hallelujah 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 I cannot stay silent anymore you try to keep me quiet for two years sitting in a in my study looking at a camera hallelujah glory hallelujah hoping someone hears me on the other side no the church is back the church is back we never went away <laughs> this is what we missed family this is what we missed Let me just say this. I'm putting this out there. Because we're not going back into another two-year thing. And there are people here that have the, the, the power. You've got the influence. You are in the right places to be able to talk. So I'm putting this out so that someone out there hears this. Because now they're talking about uh, the, 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 the uh, um, state of disaster. It's coming to the end. Should have ended now. And they go, yeah, but we still have to put legislation together. What have you been doing for two years? You knew it was coming to an end somewhere. So now they want another month. God bless them. I'm praying for them. Give them wisdom. But now this whisper that they want to say that there will be no mass gatherings unless you have a vaccination certificate. Excuse me. Now, you know where I stand. I don't care if you're vaccinated or not. I don't, don't come to me with pro or anti. I, uh, I've already made known on that. You know where I stand. If God says do it, do it. If he says don't, don't. And you must be at peace with God when you make your decision. There is no judgment here. But there's one thing about this house. We've never ever stopped anyone at a door because of some rule never that door's wide open i don't care who you are drug addict prostitute gang leader broken bastard disgusting i don't care what your nation melanin in your skin i don't care whatever you are that door's open if you need salvation you come through and i dare you don't ever stop me from letting someone through a door because of a paper that's not happening. Oh, Jesus, don't get me started. Lord, I want to represent you accurate here. But you said, come to me, all you are broken and heavy laden. Someone struggling and dying of a disease. Yeah, show me your certificate. No, you can't come in. What? 
Jesus went straight into the arms of a leper. He walked straight up to a leper. He's supposed to go, unclean, unclean. Everybody's diving to get away from unclean. Jesus walks up to them, come here. Puts his hand on him. Jesus was not afraid of disease. Why? He had authority. He had dominion. You wanted us to stay in our homes, we stayed in our homes. You wanted us to put masks on, we put masks on. You want us to have a certificate? In. No, 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 no further. Now we push back. Now, uh-uh. That is one thing I will not, will not tolerate. So sort that one out. Amen. And you can tell I really don't care what someone thinks about it. Somebody's saying, ooh, you're a rebel. Uh-uh. It's not rebel. I will never discriminate at that door, ever. You need to know that. And if you want to be a part of this house, you have to know where I stand. Janine and I are in agreement here. There's no discrimination. There never has been and never will be. Why? Why? Because there's glory in the house. God's kabod, God's healing, God's power. So don't let the fear of the world dictate our rules to us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Someone comes and sits down next to you. I don't care if they got spiked pink hair and every form of gadget hanging out of their face and... You're welcome. You're welcome. See, it's not my job to change you. I'm going to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. When He gets in you, He will take you where He's going to take you. I don't prejudge. I don't think the Father can handle you. No, He, he he's can handle everyone. Amen. get me started anyway glory in the church amen family of God it is time I'm telling you revival you heard Pastor Sam say just now people want revival it's like you know we want a fire but we don't want the flames no revival it can be messy because that's when, you know, religious people go to church. Revival brings all those that need healed. You know, all the unreligious. Are you ready for revival? Did you choose the right church? I don't want anybody surprised because we, we, we're stepping into it. 
And this place is going to be packed. Packed. Ah, uh, 50%. No, oh, no, packed. And we're going to see miracle upon miracle upon miracle upon miracle. Just lift your hand, family. That glory is here. It's already. People are being touched right now. You can hear it. Glory. It's, it's what's happening. It's manifesting. It's glory. It's glory. It's power. Power has power to it. We're not talking about 5-volt battery power. We're talking about universe creative power. It's, it's beyond nuclear. It's beyond nuclear. When the, in the book of Acts, when that fire fell in the upper room, it blew in that room so powerfully the whole city heard it. The whole city came running. There are stories in in revivals like in the 1900s and that where they would arrive the, the fire engines would arrive because they heard this fire and they get there and it looks like there's flames on the, on, the, on the church building but there's no burning flame where's the fire but they could see it what's that? glory glory manifesting the end of a thing is better than the beginning the end of a thing is better than the beginning. If fire fell in the upper room and fire fell in the 1900s and fire fell in the 20s, fire is going to fall here in the 21st century. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just raise your hand right now. Say glory in the church. The kabod of God. The full power of God. The manifested presence of God. The manifested attributes of God. Healing flows in my body. The word says, if, if Christ who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Think about that. Jesus, dead, his body dead for three days and three nights. And according to Mary, by now, he stinks. She said that about Lazarus. Now, Jesus is lying there. He's not even like Lazarus. His blood is gone. But when the Holy Spirit entered into that body and put Christ, put Jesus back in his body, the power of God ignited that body and he walked out that day and that body was alive as anything else when they looked at him they said and they were afraid he says a spirit doesn't have flesh like a ghost doesn't have flesh like i have put your hand in the holes they didn't close god didn't close the holes they open today you can see daylight through them slit in his side right up into the heart sack it's open today but glory Keeps that body alive. The glory is what keeps his body alive. He doesn't need blood anymore. Just the manifested glory. And the word says, that same spirit quickens your mortal body. See, we didn't know this till we were away. <laughs> it lives in me. 
He's in me. So now you're not asking God to come heal you. You receive that glory that melts tumors, heals organs, restores health, replaces dead brain cells. Just close your eyes and say, I receive it. I receive it tonight. I receive the glory. Right now, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. In the name of Jesus. There it is. 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 There it is.